0: mm <laughs> That's chirpybirdinc.com.
1: Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is High Tea with Grace, where we spill the tea on HIT. I'm pleased to welcome my very esteemed guest, Janet DeLeon, CEO of Connect America. Janet, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, thank you for, uh, for inviting me. Looking forward to the conversation.
1: So tell us, what do you do at Connect America? What are things that you are focused on over there?
2: Sure. Um, Connect America, we have the challenge and the pleasure of trying to address the needs of the vulnerable populations in the country, so specifically vulnerable populations of aging and chronically ill. So we have a platform. Um, Our goal is to try to help people who want to stay at home to live as long as they can, as independently as they as they can, and as graciously as they can while being in the home. That's
1: fantastic. So I've heard a little bit about what your company does. And so you do telehealth, remote patient monitoring, um, some personal emergency response systems. Um, That's really fantastic. Um, How do all of those really uh, come together and play together to reach this vulnerable population?
2: Sure. So what, what we try to do, I mean, again, we, we, we see the person in the home. So we have 925,000 people on our platform. So we get 85,000 signals a month. So in that comes a lot of knowledge. Um, we have call centers. We get tens of thousands of calls a month. So we, we have a sense of what's happening in that home. And people need a couple of things. Number one, they need safety and security. If something happens, can I get help? And that's the famous, you know, that's kind of the start of the PERS industry. It was really that emergency response of if someone needs help getting it there. And then there's an extraordinary amount of technology behind the scenes to make sure signals happen, to make sure call people respond by voice. It's very important. I hear you, Janet, do you need help? Yes. And to get that help dispatched. And again, there's enormous metrics around how quickly we do that, the response and everything else. But in addition to urgent care, The folks that are trying to stay at home need other things, right? They need to try to take care of their complex medication requirements. Medication adherence um, is a key topic. And again, with what we've recently done, the chronically ill. So how can we help people avoid the ER? Hmm. How can we help people avoid the acute scenario? And that's through doing things like uh, daily monitoring, physiologic monitoring, and supporting um, that remote patient um, that's now in the home. And that's
1: incredible and very important, especially given what we experienced for COVID. I mean, where everyone had to be home, no matter what. I mean, you know, uh, did you find that this surge really impacted you from just a business standpoint, in addition to helping the vulnerable people that were stuck at home?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I joined Connect America about a year ago. And if you literally, you could see in our data, if if you didn't know the company at all, Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically we, we have patients leave our service for reasons. They go into assisted living, they go to senior living. Unfortunately, so, you know, they, some patients expire, right? They die. You could see in the data starting in March of 2019, uh, one of the patient, you know, reasons for patient leaving stopped
1: wow. and it
2: was assisted living. It's extraordinary. You can see it in in the line. So we did, we had a a tremendous uptick in services. We had, you know, a more vulnerable population, if you will, staying at home, right? People that would have typically transitioned. Uh, We saw it in a number of calls. We had more calls. And again, you can read it in the call logs, people simply reaching out to talk to someone. Wow. Because the social isolation curves went up and people will call and literally say, can I speak to Grace? So they begin to know the person on the other end of the phone. They call weekly. Um, so yeah, but we definitely definitely saw the data. We actually think that we and we know why people call. Um, and again, we started to notice in 2019, people fall, people have respiration, they're bleeding. You could see the respite the calls around respiratory illness. The curve was going up, so you could almost see COVID happening in our in our customer base.
1: That's incredible, and that one-on-one connection—how yep. powerful is that to really be changing the lives of these people and, it, and helping them live more full lives from home instead of, yeah. you know, in an assisted living facility?
2: Yeah, one, it was one of the things I did when I got to the company to try to learn what we do. I said, you know, when people help. I said, let me see the call logs, and I just started reading the phone calls. It's 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 extraordinary. And it, you know, I think you know, why did why does any of us do it? Because every one of us has a personal story. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows somebody, Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic, it's a it's a great way to apply it. (laughs) Yes. Tell
1: us a little bit about your personal story. I would love to hear it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think you know one of those uh, was pre med. Thought I was going to do that, and then got distracted by uh, you know a um, quote unquote computer project, as we called it back in those days. And I just found it like endlessly fascinating. This thing, it how could you apply it to healthcare? Um, and it's, I've stayed in healthcare because it's not it's IT is great. I love that left-brained part of it. But what I really liked was using IT to try to solve health healthcare problems. And that's um that's remains energizing to me. It's what I like. And you know, came up through the EMR and the providers and the high-tech act and trying to get systems that helped doctors and nurses and live through those, you know, trying to get those adopted and then I was fortunate with Nuance, got to deal with speech and uh, speech recognition, machine learning, and natural language processing. You know, saw that early evolution and then did some things around real-time analytics. Very, very uh, critically ill patients trying to see respiratory depression, people that were deteriorating, that was great. And then um, wanted to kind of get into the, I was actually saying post, post-acute, or pre-hospital and had an opportunity with Connect America. And again, it's just, again, same issues with healthcare. Healthcare is a great area because there's always things to do and things to solve. And seeing this pre-hospital market and the needs has just been, it's been great. I'm having a ball and enjoying it.
1: So. That's fantastic. And what kinds of advancements have been made in tech now in this new area? I know it's been advanced because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of tech advancements are new and exciting and things we should could, you know, should be looking out for.
2: Well, I think there's a, there's a couple different, you know, things to think about and again, uh, you know, as a product manager way back in my early days, so again, you always think about your target user, right? So there's, there's a lot of shiny tech, a lot of shiny objects out there. But the first thing you have to remember, who is your typical and your target user? And our target user tends to be someone over seven, to eight, right? Someone who is looking to stay home. So there, the, the, the first product requirement we have is it has to work every time. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start. That's where your design starts. So there's a lot of sex and sizzle we have, but it has to work every time. And that means we have to anticipate there may not be Wi-Fi.
1: Oh yes, so
2: that's the reality. So once you start to go through that, that informs your product design. Um, so, but I think that you know the things that have helped and the uh, things around the emergency specifically, the emergency devices have been able to get smaller and lighter because of technology and then battery life. You know, trying to remind people to plug things and recharge things is a problem regardless of age. Well, our target population is even more so. Now you're starting to see battery lives of five, seven to ten days you're able to put a lot more intelligence in there so we can you know not only track falling we can track activity and i don't know if people realize but the fact that someone fell is interesting mm-hmm. the fact that someone started to trend and started to fall more is highly indicative of deterioration and a health issue That is so
1: true. And before you couldn't even track that, you know, it's like if they had a bad enough fall, they broke their leg, they'd go. But, you know, really being able to track this regular deterioration can be very useful for managing.
2: We can inform caregivers so we know who the care circle Mm -hmm. is. Uh, Forty percent of our customers come to us through the family member. Wow. It wants to know that there's someone helping and available to help their their uh, family member if they if they need need. And the other important thing is, you know, if if asked, we can send this information to the care providers, not only family members, but also physicians. It would be helpful if someone's primary care physician knew that Janet f- kept falling or had fallen three times in the last week when had never fallen before. You know, mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things. And again, the goal here is to kept, kept, help people stay at home. Mm-hmm. avoid the er avoid the acute event so um yeah there's there's magic in the data <laughs> as I
1: absolutely mentioned. and working with the senior populations have you found it to be a challenge in adopting new technologies or do you find that they're up for the challenge and that they they do it pretty quickly and pretty easily
2: absolutely up for the challenge um you know again you have to be aware of the user audience we actually have a group of people we send things to we ask them to test yeah so it's it's fascinating you know well you know you get in for the, Again, vision is a big issue. So you have to have be aware of that with the user, in, the user interface, tactile capabilities change. Um, cleanliness of a user interface, that which is fascinating to us at certain points become just distracting and irritating at different points in life. Um, so yeah, so you know the, the, the user feedback helps inform, um, but they're not, they're not afraid' uh, they're, they're happy with technology. They don't want the Orwellian oversight. I don't want surveillance. I don't wanna be in a police state. I don't mm. want unknown anonymous eyes watching me.
1: Yeah, that's true. There really is this line and it's this Orwellian you know, Orwellian state. And then there is being monitored in a way that keeps everybody aware of how well you're doing. Yep. To protect, you know, and their dignity of life and and being able to, you know, live at home. And so, you know, what is that boundary? I guess. And that. And do you find that these, um, these groups of people can help you inform what that boundary is? Or- absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. we do. We use them. We we take that. We we take technology. Sometimes we take a product to them. Would you use this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <we can. laughs> right or yes, and we absolutely ask a lot about. Um, sensor technologies, ambient technologies, cameras, radar. I mean, there's so many things you can do in a home now that are so different. And we do, we go ask people, is it, and, you know, sometimes it's surprising, you know, sometimes like, yeah, I would do that because that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, there is definitely um, a sense of, you know, who sees that, who, Mm -hmm. who would see that, you know.
1: That is so empowering to the patients that you serve to, Mm -hmm to really think about how it can best be used to help their lives and that they feel comfortable using it because yeah you could force any tech you wanted i mean you if you want to stay at home you got to use this but instead you're saying no we are partnering with these patients because we want to make sure it's serving their life and making you know it's it's something they're comfortable using
2: Yes, and and again, we also get feedback from family members because they'll tell us, "I cannot believe that you know so and so told you that," because they would never tell me that. <laughs> so wow. there's, also, yeah, wow. there's also this comfort of, okay, I'm, I've gotten used to this person who talks to me on the phone, and they will be more open mm-hmm. and say, "Well, yeah, actually, I do need help with something. Can you help do ABC?" Yeah, and they're and the family so we'll you know reach out to the family members and say, "Okay, they would never have told me that." <laughs> Wow,
1: yes. that's amazing to develop. Yeah, it's like a partnership between you and the patient. It's amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's, I mean, it, it, my head of marketing says it great. She says that uh, she's never had a, a job before where she doesn't have to reach out and go grab customer testimonials or reference mm. because we get cards and letters and video and families call. It's just, uh, it's a very rewarding place to try to 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 do technology. So it's great.
1: Absolutely. So, so, what are some of your key strategies for staying on top of this, you know, innovation and 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 be, being a pioneer um, in this particular uh, set of the industry? You know, what mm-hmm. are some of the strategies that you you go to go towards to just stay on top of all of these things?
2: Well, again, I think any of us that try to do it for a career, you have there has to be a part of you that's like endlessly mm-hmm. curious. You know, you're just constantly going to go find out you know, and go look for other things, I think that you have to you, you have to be uh, continuously paranoid, right, and always look and see what else is happening in the industry. And you have to be open. I mean, I, you know, people are very gracious, you know, mostly, you know, when you reach out and just reach out to other people in the industry and, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What are you seeing? Obviously, we tap into academia. Um, who tends to be, you know, I've I've got a chief informatics officer. We've all got contacts that we all use over the years. You try to keep in in academia is a great way to stay really, um, you know, ahead of the curve. And then as any leader knows, and then you have to hire well, right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. surround yourself, surround yourself with, with smart, highly motivated people. um, You know, so it's not one thing. I don't think it's just a, a series of things. To
1: do. Yeah, I think that list is is really impactful and will be really helpful for for our audience to hear. It's 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 true. You have to be curious and surround yourself with the best pe- people possible.
2: Truly, absolutely, absolutely. hire smarter than you. Absolutely, they make your job easier. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's terrific. So I know you're a busy career woman and you're running this amazing company. Um, but you also spend a lot of time mentoring women in the industry. And a little birdie told me that. I'd love to hear a little bit more about this mentorship and and what it looks like and helping shape this next generation of women leaders and and men leaders in, in health yeah. IT.
2: Yeah, great. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in pay it forward. Um, none of us, none of us did has gone or achieved anything. On our own right we all stood on the shoulders of others we all were supported by others we all were given opportunities by others um so i'm a big believer you know pay it back and um i, I try to share that so uh, you know I, I think that there's a you know i'd love to have other people get there easier faster so i try to give some insight into things but i find it very rewarding and again i do desperately care about healthcare. i mean it's something all of us need at some point in time and um i always have been have said for years. Right, we are morally compelled to leave it better than we found it. Um, and part of the way to do that is to make sure that we have really talented, smart people that want to engage in this. I mean, it's a again, it's an endlessly rewarding area to, mm-hmm. to focus a career. So I just want great people. So and like, if I can if I can help support that and do that, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that.
1: So that's terrific. Uh, so what makes you tick as a leader as a person and a human you know what really drives you as a as a as a person
2: mm-hmm. um I, you know I, I i i use the phrase a lot but i am endlessly curious i just mm. uh you know i just think there's so many it's there's a lot of fascinating things so i i you know and i there's a part of me that uh, i love to solve problems i love to fix things i like to to, I like to drive order out of chaos. <laughs> um, so that kind of drives me. Um, I really much enjoy, I, I very much enjoy a team. I, I love doing things, you know, with others. I like identifying the mountain. We're going here and mm. we going to go together. And we're going to get there and we're going to celebrate celebrate that uh, team success. So I grew up playing team sports and I think I've approached my career as a team sport. Um, and I think that, that I, I get a lot of joy out of it. So probably, and obviously there's a part of me that's competitive. So I and just enjoy that.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> you know, you awesome. See, yeah. You want to
2: see your customers do well. You want to see your products do well. You want to see your shareholders do well. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just energizing.
1: Yeah. And what are some things that you do too on a daily basis to just work your best and make a difference? Uh, do you find that there are certain habits that you have that can help you stay healthy, stay strong,
2: I do. I love, uh, I do. I, 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 work out. I'm a valid believer in exercise. I have a, a trainer that I visit once a week. I was there yesterday. She's British. So it sounds like working out with Mary Poppins. And, <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit more, you can, a little bit more. So I, 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 do believe, I mean, I think that, you know, you, your health has a lot to do and I think it keeps us, you know, energized and, and keeps everybody active. And then I, I think that again, you know, healthy, you know, we're in healthcare, you know, live healthy and, uh, I am a big believer in exercise and staying active and to be prepared. I hate to have to say this, but it, it is like a sport. It is like exercise. The more you do it, the better you are. So you have to, um, you know, there's no secret that it takes work and preparation. So in terms of folks, you know, how you approach your career and challenges, I think the best thing to say is be prepared. Mm. Simply be the best prepared of those in the room. Do the homework. Be ready. You have, you know, and I think when you're prepared, you're less anxious. You know, you're uh, do do the work.
1: Really good advice. Really great advice for our audience. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a, another question. You know, kind of diving back into to the tech for the underserved populations and the senior populations. From a visionary perspective, you know, what do you predict for the future? I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about: um, Are we going to be able to live our, our life at home versus nursing, you know, homes? How, you know, how is tech going to play a role? Is it going to start earlier in our lives? What do you see happening in this tech moving forward?
2: I think that clearly the world, as every generation is progressing and gets more and more comfortable with constant technology, right? I mean, how many people today will have a a watch on or some other thing that's monitoring? So I think that just is naturally going to happen. So I think that, um, you know, COVID accelerated something that was already happening, which was the migration of healthcare from bricks and mortars and buildings and things out of those big buildings and, you know, eventually into the home that's mm-hmm. not going to change um, you know the scale of the market is driving innovation in and with that comes some good things like the prices are dropping and will continue to drop so
1: true and that is a great thing
2: mm-hmm. yeah and people will so there will be and uh, you know more and more consumer friendly adoptable technologies to allow for physiologic monitoring you know whether it's body worn which it could mm-hmm. be it could be sensors or it could be something else people will prefer something mm-hmm. less tethered um, and to be a little bit less less frequent, so I, I think that the uh, you know the curve of technology will continue to make things more comfortable, lighter. Battery life is a huge deal in these kind of constant technologies, so I think that that will continue. that you know there's a lot of breakthrough and rooms still to grow there, but uh, it, it's just naturally going to. It, it's just going. It is happening. It's going to continue to happen. It will accelerate, and the really smart engineers out there are going to continue to dazzle us. <laughs> yeah. You know, with what they can do.
1: So, what do you think physicians uh, feel about all of this? Do you think that it, it helps them? Do you think at first it's going to be a learning curve or a growth curve on how to use it best? You know, what do you feel like the impact is on them?
2: I think you're asking a great question because the other thing that has evolved along with the technology are the care models, right? I mean, they're, you know, yeah. the, the nurses and doctors that I work with, right? that there is there's a lot of innovation happening around the care model it's not as simple to say well i'm not going to be in a hospital so we're going to dispatch those nurses into the home well guess what there is a universal shortage of clinical people yeah In COVID, we're going to continue to see it so the care models are evolving um and that's there's going to be a lot of innovation in that realm as well along with the technology and i don't think we've answered the question yet i mean it is not as simple as send an endless series of signals to the primary care physician.
1: Mm, That's just funny.
2: true. It's, that, it's that,
1: too that, overwhelming. It's like there's so no way they can keep track of that.
2: It's overwhelming. It's impractical. You know, it's it's just not valuable. So the, we're just as uh, we're we're figuring out ourselves with remote patient monitoring what is the right way? What is the right signal? Um, mm-hmm you know, an adoption of AI. Okay, what's in that black box? I, I don't understand it. Is a physician going to adopt it? So um, I, I could argue, you know, you could, you know, smart people, that the care model itself probably, you know, is going to have to shift and change before all this tech can really be adopted and embraced on masse. But again, there's a lot of companies trying to get the breakthrough on that as well. So, but that's a, it's a great question.
1: That's fantastic. Well, you know, is there anything else you'd like our audience to know or to to come away from this conversation with?
2: Well, I, I think as with anything, I mean, HIT, for those that are embracing it as a career, love it, right? love whatever you do. I mean, if you can, if you if you enjoy it. And um, I, I don't know that there's a better way because you get a little bit of left brain, right? So you get all that kind of those neurons. But there's so many things that you have to kind of adapt and create and problem solve. It gets the right brain engaged. I just think it's the perfect combination. <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I, I think it's a great way to, uh, to take your talents and uh, deploy them in the, in the market, so.
1: That's terrific. Well, I so enjoyed our conversation, Janet. Thank you for joining me. How can our listeners find you online?
2: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So feel free to uh, to ping me if I can be of any help and uh, you know I let's let's all go let's again there's a lot to do in healthcare. There's a lot of great value that uh, the folks listening to this podcast can deliver to healthcare. And again you can feel really good about it because at the end of that is a patient and I always tell people to potentially figure that could be a family member.
1: Mm.
2: You can't help get but get energized.
1: The business of healthcare is truly personal.
2: It is 100% hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent so. that's terrific well before I forget did you happen to bring any tea with you today
2: I did I did I have a cup of tea
1: oh wow yep. Stowe Vermont is that now,
2: I'm gonna have to admit um years ago when my husband and I got married we were combining things in the home my husband loves coffee and so he had this amazing assortment of mugs and I saw this one and I've had it ever since <laughs>
1: Well, Stowe, Vermont is one of the most beautiful places in the world, and it the is. best place it, to ski. So it's a good it, mug to have.
2: It's the perfect size. It's not too big, not too small. It's very grippy. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's been yes. with me for a very long time.
1: And what do you fill your cup of tea with?
2: This is um, Irish Irish breakfast blend. Irish breakfast dark tea. A dark tea. I like a, I like a. I like a healthy big tea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming today. And thank you. I really appreciated having you on, learning about your passion for these senior populations, keeping them aging at home gracefully and happily. It's really amazing what you're doing. And thank you so much for what you're doing for for
2: grandparents
1: and all of us who are going to be future grandparents one day, too.
2: There you go. I appreciate your, uh, your enthusiasm for the topic. And thank you for what you're doing bringing the message out to uh, many more people than I could ever touch. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, that's all she wrote, folks. Thanks so much for joining us for Hit Like a Girl podcast. Check us out on our website and Twitter feed and also on our YouTube page. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Like a Girl Media is more than a media network. It's a community. We want to meet you and amplify your voice and the voices of outstanding women innovating in healthcare. Interested in starting your own podcast or hosting an event near you? Connect with us online or in person. We're here to support and empower you.
0: Hit Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission driven